We thank you, Jesus, for your glory in our lives. We thank you that our eyes are opened to the beauties of your holy name. We thank you that we are changed by the glories found in your word. We are transformed by the divine life. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for vision. We thank you for life. We are grateful. We love you. We love you. We are overwhelmed by your love. Bless us this morning with your word. Teach us your ways.
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You'll be seated in your high places. God bless you so much for coming. God bless you so much for coming. It's a blessing to see your faces. Yes, now over the years we've seen different faces of of Christianity, and each each face that comes, it's as like a move of God, and it comes with a particular revelation for for the era. Hallelujah! So we've seen certain faces where there was the love. For spiritual things, it, it was a it was a time period that the church was ushered into, and revivals begin to break out everywhere. You hear of the goodness of God. You hear of repentant hearts. You hear of people turning away from evil to embrace what God has for them. There are other faces also that came to usher God's people into certain areas of life. So it appears that there was a point where people begin to trust in the Lord for healings, miracles, signs and wonders. It was a very good phase. There was a season that people became highly evangelistic and everybody was called an evangelist at a point in time. We can see the faces happening. At a point, everybody was called a prophet. And at a point, almost everyone is called an apostle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's, these are very beautiful faces that God, God has ushered the church into. And usually it comes with its challenges, especially when we allow when the flesh, we allow the flesh to take over and sometimes there are a lot of extremities to it. So it appears as if there's a corruption of what God was doing. Hallelujah. And sometimes a lack of understanding in the things of the spirit will cause the man to even disregard what God is doing. And sometimes, even those men that God seemed to use in that particular move will also end up disregarding other moves of God that has happened. There's usually an aspect of the flesh that uh, seemed to print so subtly that Sometimes the ministers of God themselves are not able to discern. So, you can see this, basically, we are all talking about the Lord Jesus. We are talking about Christ, but then sometimes because of the extremes here and there, you see that there seems to be a little misunderstanding and condemnation of what God is doing with other people as well. But I pray that 
you will not be blinded in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that your eyes will be opened. And it's one of the reasons that have caused so many factions or sects or divisions within within the body. And this will make it very difficult for uh, for we to see the Lord. Hallelujah. Because scripture talks about how the Lord is coming for a church that is one. A church that has grown in love. You see. So, teaching about love, teaching about the goodness of God, teaching about the prosperity of the Spirit, teaching about all these aspects of uh, spirituality and even uh, our life here on earth is amazing, but it is very different in the realms of the Spirit. Hallelujah. That's why a man could teach on love, and yet in the realms of the Spirit, when you look into his heart, you cannot find love. Hallelujah. Amen. I think we can relate with some of these things in in the physical because physically people exhibit that. Oh, the way I like him, the way I have plans for him, this and that, and later you will not really see whatever he said he proclaimed that he had for you. I'm talking about a greater extent to that. Mm. You know, you have seen the shallow faces of those things. But in the realms of the spirit, a man may speak of love and yet do not have love. A man can talk boldly, a man can learn and teach about love, and yet, you know, there are certain things, there are just things. There are some people that God has given oratory abilities, hallelujah. They, they are masters, they are like linguists in the spirit. So, I know a man that can pick a word in the scripture and you begin to break it down, and any way, any direction he teaches it, you believe. <laughs> Why? Because they have, like, he has become a master orator. Hallelujah. Amen. He seems to unearth all the treasures within the scriptures. He can just bring out anything, and you, you believe it, it, it will make sense to you. That is an ability that God can give. I mean, an ability of the spirit. But there is something beyond that. So. When you look at the various church era and the moves that God did, even I mean in biblical times, you see that there is there are occasions where men could be operated in serious dimensions of the spirit, what we would term as spirituality, what the ordinary man would term as spirituality. Ah, this man is a god, this man is an angel, this man. I mean, there were all sort of those manifestations. In fact, people transfigured. The faces of people were looking like angels. People were bringing out mysteries. People were prophesying. People were doing all sorts of great and mighty works. And yet, there ought to be a correction. Hallelujah. So it's very, very possible. So as, as growing believers, we should not mistake certain moves of God and manifestations of the Spirit to be loved. Hallelujah. Because God can allow, the Bible says that He allows whoever He wills to move in that dimension. So God can use a camel, God can use a donkey, God can use stones. Understand, I'm just using words. That's not what I'm saying. God can use anyone. 
$100 available vessel for him to use. If no man will make himself available for God to speak through, God will speak through an animal. Hallelujah. If no man will make himself available to, uh, to, for God to speak through, God will speak through the creation. Hallelujah. You see, so the Bible speaks about how the, even the invisible dimensions of God are clearly spelled out by the things which we, we, we see. And this truth was being brought out at one of the highest depravities and degradation of men. Like, it is very serious. When men have become like reprobate, they are taken backwards. God says that there is a way the creation or the elements in nature speak to the heart of men. Amen. Amen. But this tells us how our spiritual sense have been done such that men supposed to not perceive, even though creation is speaking about the greatness of our God. I pray that your spiritual senses will not be numbed in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that God will sharpen your spiritual senses in the name of Jesus. I pray that your power of perception will be touched by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So there are so many possibilities in the Spirit. And usually, when a man experiences a certain dimension of the Spirit, if you do not take care, there is something we call the pumping up. Hallelujah. There is something that we call the pumping up. Your, your head begins to, to grow. Like your head increases. It pops up. Because you think you either discovered or, or you know to a greater percentage of it. But you know, there are always dimensions in, in him. And he himself is the, is the dimensionless dimension, as I mentioned a few weeks ago. Hallelujah. Without boundaries. Even if creation that we see, even if uh, nature, space, time that we see, even has no boundaries and it's constantly expanding, how much more the greatness of our God. Hallelujah. So one of the greatest deceptions in the life of the man is, is for that man think, to think that he has come to the most perfect of all understanding. Hallelujah. Even at the peak of Paul's experiences, he still sought to know the Lord. I mean, what kind of you don't take a, it's like as he's growing more, he's understanding more, he realized that he still does not know much. And was always yearning deeply in his heart to, to discover what God has said concerning him. That he will be known, that he will know even as he has been known, that he will apprehend, comprehend even as he has been comprehended. So I always say that there is a certain comprehension, understanding, or perception that God has about us. That we've still not come to an understanding of it yet. But with a little, little experience that God gives us, sometimes we think we have arrived. One day, a good friend of mine posted something in his status and he was talking about uh, wealth. And he labeled it that you know in Ghana when you have when you have some money in your in your account, you think you are okay because you are comparing yourself to uh, the masses feel that you are far, far better. And so people that are not even earning anything much feel that uh, they have something. So my friend posted a thing that he posted $500,000. Like if someone is having $500,000 in his account, he is regarded as poor. Like 
and even what you are defining as a very, very, very rich and, and high stable life is considered as, as, as poverty. That is even according to the world standard. Because there are always degrees. Hello? Hi. So we shouldn't come to the place where we allow ourselves to get deceived by the little, little experiences that God gives us. The experiences is meant to be a blessing and not to rather numb your senses or to, to slow down, to make you stunted in your in your walk with God. That's why when it comes to spiritual matters, you have to be very, very careful and, and you must cultivate the heart of humility. Or else in your journey, you will slow down. Thinking that you have arrived. Meanwhile, you have not gotten to the entrance yet. You only saw it from afar. You know the Mosaic experience. He's seeing the land from afar, leading the people from afar. It's like you can see, but you've not entered yet. I pray that the Lord will save this generation from pride. And the operation of pride is so, 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 so subtle because it's of the flesh. That's how the flesh operates. Very, very, very subtle that you will not see. You will not even agree that that is how you are thinking. And you will jump to defend yourself. Even in that. So it's very, very important as, as the body or as, as a church or the main member body of Christ that we come to that understand that there is more to be known in God. There is more to be explored in God and we should not disregard or downplay other great moves of God. If it is something that you lack understanding about, you seek for wisdom. If any of you is not wisdom understanding, you should ask for God who was given to all men. You have to seek for insight in those things, or else you speak, you utter words against things that you would wish to become later in the near future as God can bring you into, into higher phases of your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, yeah, so today um, I just want to teach you very, very little, very, very little, but I feel that it is going to help us in our work with God. It's going to help you in your in your relationship with man. It is going to help you in your marital life. It's going to help you in your relationship. That is if you are you are in one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. It's going to help you. You're happy. My people like relationships. Amen. It's going to help you. You know, when it comes to you. When it comes to uh, the destruction of all things, you know, it looks like the enemy knows the principle. The principle is to attack the basic unit of life. You get it? In your little biology, you learned, I mean, uh, you learned about the cell. You've learned about tissues, you've learned about organs, you've learned about organ systems, you've learned about different organisms, you've learned a lot of them. And how all these things come together to actually uh, form someone like you. You are millions, billions, and trillions of cells joined together. But every pathology that we see in man, if you trace it, trace it, trace it, you see that it has 
its roots somewhere. There was an abnormality somewhere. Let me just limit it to the basic unit of life, which is the cell. So the enemy is very strategic and he finds a way to enter into the basic unit, the function, like the functional unit of life. And begins its operation from there. Then it begins to grow. And then make other things affect other things. Sometimes they grow up to become cities. If I go and study the genealogy of Adam, you can talk about how the fall came. You can talk about the life of King and Abel. You can talk about the generations that followed after and how sin took over the entire world. And how cities were built. And I, I think you, you know about the city of confusion. The city of the great confusion. You know about uh, the Babel confusion. So, where destruction starts, if you're not taking it, it starts at the very lower level and then it becomes a city. A city that, I mean, you know, city has towns. The city has walks. The city has strongholds. They become so strong that these things cannot be broken again. And it becomes the order of life. So that has been the strategic plan of the enemy. I pray that God leaves us all. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to First uh, Corinthians 13. When you look into the life of societies, how societies are formed. You know, there are so many things that we can learn from from places. There are certain places, I mean, for for a very long time there has not been any recorded history of robbery. I think you might have heard of a few places like that in the world certain places even the prisons are empty they are not getting back people to arrest why because remember I'm just speaking from a certain aspect of it and there are other kinds of destructive tendencies as well prevailing in those places but just using social biases as, as an example it means that the people have grown with a certain level of understanding or what you call civilization. They have become so aware and they've understood how society should be run such that there is peace. Hallelujah. Such that there is peace, at least societal peace. In many localities, do you think someone is born to become a thief? Is anyone born to become a thief? No. In fact, babies are the most innocent people. Like, they are so adorable. Even kittens. Yeah. I started loving kittens. 
At first, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I think my wife is going to carry them. But I started loving them. Even if they are scratchy, like, no, you don't, you don't, you don't, my boss, you know that. And they are just babies. So no man is born to become a thief. No man is. Do you think your parents gave it to you? Thinking that one day you'll be in someone. In someone prison or, or, or they, they thought that one day something like that. No. It doesn't happen like that. But somewhere along the line, when, 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 when things are disorganized at the level of the foundation, when the foundation is not well built, the intention is not to become evil to society. The intention even of your parents that brought you to the world, it wasn't, it wasn't that you become a distraction to society. But notice, things not intentionally done. And man becomes consistent with that. It will lead to chaotic lives. It will lead to destruction in society. So that's what we see. So, so many problems is because of the foundations. But the intention of the sources of those lives was not so. Societies are built. They are built with what? Their very lives. You know, every, every society has, I mean, the families that make them up. So, I think some of us, if you go to where we come from, if you mention your name, they can tell you who your great grandfather was, great great grandmother. They can tell you your origin and where you are coming from. They can tell you your line. They can even tell you if you, like, the children you give birth to, what their names and everything. Like, very, very organized society. very very careful how we build hallelujah I think scripture warns us about that be careful how we build hallelujah so it must be the intention of every father every mother every husband every wife to build well and if you happen to find yourself in in a background where you know by perception or you know by experience that things were not built well. That alone is enough to cause you to awaken from that darkness. Do you get it? So, sometimes God gives us, uh, God opens our eyes a little bit and we can say, that, oh, okay, uh, things, my family was not really built well. You can see, it, it, it's one of the ways to liberation. Do you get it? That alone is enough for you to cause a change. You don't wait for that thing to degrade and degrade and degrade you to the lowest point of your life where now you become a nuisance to society. Do you get it? The awareness alone is enough step for the solution. Are you here with me? Yes, sir. It's very, very important. So our lives must be built well. So if, if 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 maybe somewhere along the line your your father, your mother, or any of your maybe 
your guardians have been irresponsible with your life. Forgive them. Hallelujah. Now as I'm teaching, you need to awaken. Wake up. Wake up to change. That if things were not properly laid out, if the foundations were not properly laid, laid down in my life, for my generation and beyond, things will change. Hallelujah. You know, when you look when you look at the lives of of certain families, certain families, you know, everybody has their time of, of change. Some people they cannot remember their time of uh, how do we call it? Their, their, they cannot remember their history because there was a man that rose up in the life of their families that changed the course of their families. I think sometimes I maybe you read the book of Proverbs. If a man is wise enough, if a man is wise enough and he grows up in the knowledge of God, he grows up with the wisdom of God. This man, by the wisdom of God, is able to save his life, save his family, and even leave properties or, or inheritances for the generations to come. So imagine generations yet to be born. They come up and then it's like they, 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 they know they know not anything called poverty. They know not anything even called sickness. They know not, like a particular line. A particular order has been set because at a point in time in history, a man rose up that I will change the course of the life of my family. Hallelujah. It's the reason why sometimes you see an entire family and everybody is becoming a minister of God. Why? Because at the point in time, somebody rose up. You know, when you come to that first setting, every one of us have, uh, like, if you go into the, some, some of you, you have no idea because you were born in, in POP houses. Like, you didn't see these altars in your, in your, in your houses. You have no idea. Every ordinary African has a certain background. If you trace and trace and trace your family roots, hallelujah. Just that at a point in time, someone made a decision that as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we are not going to stick with idolatry. As for me and my house, we are meant for God only. That is where it started from. So as you're also hearing, you should be inspired that your generation will change. Why? Because you took that decision. Because you are making a decision now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's read. First Corinthians 13. It's a though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. This is an expression being used by the apostle. with the tongues of men and of angels and have no charity I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling symbol two he said and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge So, have you seen this? First of all, what did he mention? He said, I have the gift of what? Prophecy. I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Do you know one of the things that makes a man powerful is knowledge? Whether it's spiritual knowledge, 
whether it's physical knowledge, like you feel you know you, you know you know a lot, so it makes you you feel that you're in a particular class, and it just comes across. This one is even linking it up to spirituality, where you think you have the understanding through, I mean, the revelation of the spirit and all that. This is, this is very serious. It's a serious matter that I'm speaking about, I'm trying to address. Even in spirituality. Because what is it about understanding the mysteries of creation? What is it about understanding the mystery of God, the mystery of Christ? Because that's not what Christ came for. That we will know the mystery of Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And now he's telling you that though you have the spirit of prophecy, in fact, when it comes to uh, uh, prophecy, the perfection of the Lord is that the testimony of the Lord Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So now, if I have all these and all that, how come there is still a problem and question mark with it? Where is it coming from? This is where now Lord has to perform surgery in your heart. Some of us, we need surgeries to be done on our hearts. Hallelujah. May the Lord work on our hearts. Because these things are very, 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 like, it's, it's very, very tricky. Because when you think you are at the highest point of spirituality, that's when you are, you, are, you, are, you are at the lowest point because it amounts to nothing. You know what is nothing? Nothing is zero. with the tongues of men and of angels. And I'm, I'm not loud. I'm just making noise. Noise is a nuisance. Who likes noise? Nobody likes noise. Yesterday was in Ateo, I was telling Israel also. Noise is a nuisance. Babies, babies can worry you. When you want to focus and even do something, like you don't, you don't like it, but you have to do to make them happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Remember those days when we were young? Sometimes, you know, the children will be playing, and then the elderly people will be 10 years old. Stop the life. But the children, they don't, they don't, they don't understand, but like, they, are just, they just want to happy themselves. They want to be happy now. Really understand all these things. Later you grow up and you realize, ah, more of you okay. like you just want, you just want to sleep small and the noise all over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, so noise is a nuisance. So imagine a nuisance in the spirit. Take place in love. This thing that we used to produce nice. Music and all that. It will just be played anyhow. I think you learned the difference between noise and music sometime ago. So imagine, imagine Pastor Caleb is playing the drum anyhow. How how would you feel? It would it will spoil the whole show. It will spoil the whole show. So though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and I have no charity. Charity here is, is love. They, they translate that as charity. But I think 
one of the very good words to use is, is love. Okay. And become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, noise maker. So, what I'm trying to say is that many of the things we make even in the realms of the spirit, they are noises. They're seemingly spiritual activities. They're seemingly spiritual contributions. Even to the lives of people. It's noise. It's a nuisance to God. It's, it's funny, but I think God has to make it clear to us because when it comes to the realms of the spirit, we measure by the level of light that is coming from you. The light that shines out of your heart. Is it the very light of Christ? Or what kind of light is it? What kind of light can be perceived from what you are bringing out? Let me use the intentions as an example. There are instances where you know that people have genuine intentions and there are instances where people know or people know that mm, though this man is doing this thing, it's for another, like there is, it looks good. The motive is something, something else, cry. <laughs> and sometimes you can tell that, hey, this thing is strange. You're trying to discern, hey, but why is this man good to me? Sometimes it's real repentance. But at other times, you know that mm, this thing is fishy. And sometimes the perception is right. It's the same with God. Because we are not being taught at the foundational level. So many of many of the intentions and even the desires we have built for our relationship with God is, is not solid. One of the things is that let me serve God that I'm, I will get all that I want in life. And that is, that is one of the one of the of, of, of the strongholds of the enemy. When it came to Job's issue, what what, what what did the enemy tell God? You see, he was trying to tell God that oh, it's because maybe you blessed him so much, and this and that and that and that and that. So let's take all that away and let's see. And until now. Upon all the revelations in the scripture concerning these things that have been exposed to us, we still have that perception that, ah, uh, let me serve God for, for the things that I, I want, for the things that I will get. So when people begin to serve God because of that motive and they don't get the results that they want to get, you know what happens? They move into other places where they can find answers. Men are always looking for answers. Men are always looking for answers. I pray that you find your answer in Jesus. Amen. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I can remove mountains and have no charity and nothing. Sometimes, what God do with men? Men can even go to the extent of worshiping man. Hallelujah. You know, men can go to that point. If I say worshiping, I mean they feel that they find all their life and solution 
in your life. In fact, Jesus himself also said it, like, you know, Jesus spoke about believe me for the very work's sake. Believe me, like at least. So if God should use a man to move mountains, or there's the gift of the operation of faith in the life of a man to change situations, if not take a man who worship him. Hallelujah. But it can be nothing. It can be nothing. All the things that we are speaking about, these are things that Jesus walked in. Didn't he walk in it? These are things that he, he didn't walk in. And yet, we are being instructed that there is a possibility to walk in all this. If it is not right in the heart. Everything is diverted from the source. Though it appears it's from the source. Everything must be geared towards him. Everything must move towards him. Everything, every direction must be towards him. That's the only way that these things will make sense in the spirit. In the realms of the spirit, there is the way things are measured. So, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, he begins to speak about the dimensions. He speaks about the breadth. He speaks about the height. He speaks about the length. Then he speaks about what? What that I want? The height, the length, the breadth, the what? The depth. I've not seen a solid figure with all these things before. What we did is like either you have height or depth. You remember keyboard? The key. Usually three sides, three dimensions. But this time, why would we use depth? At the same time, use what? Height. And at the same time, use this. At the same time, use that. It seems to cover almost every point, every known direction that we think about. And you want to see how high and how deep it is. It is from the lowest to the highest. Hallelujah. And where is the highest? If you have a straight line, does it have an end? You go. You just go. The essence of all this is that you grow up into Him. Hallelujah. And interestingly, at, at certain levels of our lives, when we think that we are we are growing and we, we we have grown up into him to a certain level and we begin to have certain thoughts that we have arrived mm. that is a question mark it just disqualifies you from the whole thing when you think that you have arrived and that has been one of the greatest downfall of even a lot of ministers of God Thinking that you have come to the place of arrival. I think there was a story recently, I think. Was it Bishop Dagon? One of the men was sharing. 
about how there was an old lady in the church and God was doing great and mighty things with the pastor. The man of God thinks that God was using him greatly, mightily. I mean, miracles, signs and wonders. God was increasing the ministry. God was growing the ministry and all that. Nobody really came regard to the, the old lady that was there. But the old lady was the main prayer pillar. Was the main foundation. The reason why God was doing the things he was doing even in the church. Some people, that is their ministry. Their, their ministry does not really come out. But deep down there, in the invisible, that is what is holding. How many of you usually see the foundation of a building? Many people do not see. You cannot see the foundation of a building unless maybe you want to unearth it out. This day they have technology for, for, for sure. Most many times, nobody even knows. You won't see the foundation of the building. You can be able to perceive when you see the superstructure of the thing. Saying that, okay, this thing must have a solid foundation. But usually you do not see. Sometimes grace locates a man. And then you think that it is by your own prayer. Or it is by your own whatever. Like your own administrative abilities. Okay, you are a good organizer. This is okay. So things are moving on very well here and there. You have no idea that many men have prayed. What you are seeing was as a result of the thousands of hours of prayers that men prayed. Men that were, 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 were not selfish. It's just like, why? Don't you think, okay, forgive me. Don't you think that there were, there were very great and mighty men that you really desire to be like? When you hear of men like Elijah. When you hear of the great works of Elijah. Or you find yourself in the body where you don't like camel skin. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> don't eat. eat what well, honey. You are right now away from <laughs> There were great men. Men like Isaiah that prophesied. Men like, you know, when you look, you know, some of the, your desires for God, it came from the fact that you were reading some of the stories of this man. Some of you, your inspiration from, for, for building things from scratch was because you learned from how, 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 how the temple was broken down, 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 no hope. Many of the things that you have in your heart right now, most of them, you got an inspiration from what? The scriptures. And these were men that sought to see our day. They prayed for it. These are men you wanted to be like. And yet in their time it was not revealed. Right in your time you are seeing it. What makes you think is less of grace? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So practically speaking, take note of these few words. Love is light. Take note of it. Number one. Love is life. Two. Love is the greatest. Right. 
Love is the most excellent wing. Love is the bond of perfection. Love is dimensionless. Love is the gateway to the innumerable realms and immeasurable dimensions in God. Love is the ultimate validation of all our pursuits in this life. Love, the ultimate validation of all our pursuits in this life. And finally, God is love. genuine love is to be inspired by the act of love. I'm talking about divine love. What did he say? He said we love because he first what? Love that.
imagine you're supposed to sign a document and it's supposed to, I mean, release less about 100,000. And mistakenly, you didn't check the thing well and then you, I mean, in your mind, you think it was a mistake. You just added zero and then the money was wired into your account. Mm. The ordinary African will see that this is my opportunity and my season of blessing. Yes. <laughs> Outside there, they would know no, this is not my money. They would even call the bank. No, this is no, I wasn't expecting this. Here. Not all of them. Here, what will we see? Season of open doors. Season of open heavens. <laughs> You don't get proper auditors to come. This thing will never be seen. <laughs> and that, that happens to change the life of our families. I pray that you are not part of a family like that. I pray that if you happen to find yourself in a family route like that, I pray that the curses will follow you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So that the curses of your fathers will not be chasing you. I pray that God delivers us all from such things. Sometimes things you know not about happens to I mean, it seems to have so much effect. The Lord help us. Amen. So, let's look at it. So, when, when, when I talk about the dimensions of God's love, you know, there, are, there was a discourse between Jesus and the people at a point and there was this man that really wants to know the ultimate remember I said love is the ultimate validation of all persons he wanted to know the ultimate and you know those things the scripture the scripture was the old testament there wasn't any new testament so anything that Jesus did Jesus had to say it was written he tried to conform to all that was said, no matter the difficulty and the means to attain them. So Jesus gave the prescription for how do I call it salvation. And then he spoke about love. Love for what? For the Lord. Then love your neighbor. These two things became the core of the entire world, of the entire law. And if a man is able to achieve these things, then the man can be said to have fulfilled the law. However, Jesus asked the man after the man said oh these things he has actually practiced them all he said he has practiced them all just though the points of all that you have points of all that you have then come and follow you to the point and then come and follow This one 
This one is very hard. That's why God can help us. When it comes to love, you should be able to detach yourself from what we call selfishness. Mm. In fact, the opposite of love is what? It's not really hate or you can say hate. That's what you were taught in school. But there's selfishness. Hallelujah. Selfishness. Testing. Testing. Because every human being is selfish. Every human being at the point is selfish. It is the reason why sometimes even the gifts of God bestowed upon a man. That freely a man has received, freely a man should give. Sometimes. This thing. Or selfishness. Because you begin to discover that, ah, through this thing that God has given to you, you can enrich yourself. And then we begin to build a psychology, a very stronghold in our mind that this part is right. That's why usually the trying of the things that we did, you know, what I just read for you is that though I have the gift of prophecy and I could decode all mysteries and have access knowledge and have not love so what is knowledge i thought i can i can have knowledge about everything like when jesus met the woman at the well the woman said i've met a man that could tell me all that i've done in my life just not something small jesus didn't even say everything but jesus picked the core things in his life in his life and the woman concluded, come see a man. I watch a video of a wow, this book can act. Come see a man that has told me all that I've ever done. Jesus told you the reason why I had to come. So it shows the power that men can have. If I just want the way the man revered Jesus, don't you think that if Jesus wanted to to walk out of the way of love, imagine let's read the description of the woman. They said, first of all, the woman, the woman that has had how many husbands? Eh? Five husbands. Ideally, let's analyze this in our local. This thing. We don't know whether maybe she had children. No, let's, let's talk about it. But then it is very difficult for for a, a woman, like for instance, maybe if at a point the women even give up, they don't want to they don't want to marry again. They feel a little bit inconvenient about the whole thing. So it means that the woman was probably beautiful. This is just an assumption. And this woman, upon the later discussion with, I'm, I'm coming to teach you something, ministers of God, 
upon just the little discussion. The woman's heart was won by the Lord Jesus. If the Lord Jesus was very fleshy, hallelujah, if the spirit was not at work in the life of the Lord Jesus, don't think that Jesus could have taken advantage of the woman? In terms of finances, in terms of, I mean, using a woman to gain so many, I mean, just one or two, just give one or two words, just heal one or two people, and then everybody will come. Now, if there's a shift in the heart of Jesus, and he now moved from compassion to selfishness, what do you think will happen? Even in the ministry of Jesus, when he demonstrated all those amazing powers, great born and size, what a pussy. They said, let us make him our king. <laughs> who does it? Who does it? Who does it like that? <laughs> what if you do what, what, what will happen? <laughs> Don't think you have access. Like, who comes to visit the king without a gift? That's right. I mean, that's the satisfaction of the souls of me. That a gift will come and it will be consistent. Hallelujah. There's a way gifts can enter into the heart of men and corrupt the heart of men. And sometimes, even the introduction of gifts, I'm talking about monitoring, it begins to even shift and change the intentions of ministers. Some ministers go, wow, so this gift that God has given me just with this. And I have access to this. What if God does this and that? Or what if I say bring me? This is where the corruption begins. Then there's a diversion from the original intention that God has for the man. Sometimes that's how come we open ourselves to so many kind of lustful desires. Sometimes we forget the side effects of these things in years to come. Compassion, love, should be the ultimate drive in the life of a minister. And the minister of God, remember when we are talking about love, number one, desire is part. When I talk about lust, there's desire also there. But remember, one is out of the new intentions of love, and the other is out of one's own selfish interests. Selfishness has to be carried out. So many men started so well. They started so well. But usually, what causes the lagging is when we come to a realization of the innumerable possibilities found in the ability, the new ability that God has given into a man, into the life of a man. And then love is displaced. Selfishness sets in. Then chaos follows. That is what happens. Say, Lord, help my heart. Lord, help my heart. Lord, help me to genuinely love. Lord, help me to genuinely love. Lord, take away selfishness out of my heart. Lord, take away selfishness out of my heart. 
Amen. Amen. Let's go to practical life. Three. It says that though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profited me nothing. This one is a very painful one. Why would a man go to the point of dying for something that he has no what? Good intentions for. Why would a man die for something which is not worth it? Scripture is saying to us that it is possible that we might appear pleasing before all men. And the one that we are supposed to please is our Father. And they walk with God. And they please God. Without faith, it was impossible to please God. Is it not say Jesus that said a greater love has no man than to lay down his life for another? So if somebody has gone to the point of giving himself, don't you see that it looks like it looks like there's a little uh, how do I call it? Discord or contradiction. Because Jesus said that greater love has no man than to lay down his life for, for his brother. And that is why I say that though I give I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Jesus spoke about feeding the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, greater love has no man that give his life for them. Another which Jesus himself did. And have not charity. It profited me nothing. It still you. Hey. Say intentions. Intentions. It's a serious matter. Intentions. It's a very, very serious matter. The Lord help us. This is your, the Lord help us all. Let's go to practicality. The love suffered long. For those of us that I mean, you have families. Those of you that are married, those of you that are growing up, young ones, this applies to all of us. Every stage of your life, this is very, very practical. So love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love vaunted not means that it doesn't boast. It doesn't speak about itself. Hallelujah. Love is not puffed up easily. It does not behave itself unseemly. This is the ultimate. It seeketh not her own Hallelujah. It seeketh not her own. So one of the things that invalidates our actions of love is when it has come true 
the microscope of the spirit. I mean, outwardly, I mean, everybody is seeing what we can see as good. And what we go in what we, There are some things that can be seen. Outwardly, it looks normal, but inwardly, the cells are abnormal. It's just a matter of time that it will, it will grow into something else. Love does not seek. I think you've heard apostles, you've heard Jesus teach and speak about things like, you know, sometimes when people are giving, they give strategically. For instance, when, if you want, if you want access into the life of someone, like maybe a high authority, and if you are exposed to, you've seen those things. Yeah. When you work in a corporate world, you, you understand what I'm talking about. We can easily meet in my house. Is that about duty? Is that about like a deal? You know, work is supposed to be done at the gate at the marketplace, like at the office. But now let's meet in the house. And you have some good time. Very cordial relationship. A relationship is established. There is exchange of envelopes and services. And everybody's happy. Am I speaking in parables? I speak not as a man. Hallelujah. Some of this is. It's secret not Some of the projects are good. The projects are good. Amen. Amen. It rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. It beareth all things and believeth all things, and hopeth all things and endureth all things. It never fails. Love never would. When it comes to the things, is that if there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall see. Whether there be knowledge, they shall vanish away. Then is it about when that which is perfect is come? That which is in part shall be done away. So, this truth reveals how we have always been in the shadows. Hallelujah. We have always been in the shadows and not been the brightest of the lights. This one is telling us that love is indeed the greatest light that we can ever see. So when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I talked as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So now all the things he has spoken about. Try to put love into perspective. 
you know, most of these things that we spoke about, some of these, these are like more of like signs of spiritual maturity and man that is growing in God. You see a man walk, hey, Charlie, this man is God, or this man, like, Charlie, God is at home. Like, you know, you, you begin to admire all these things. He said, once that perfection is taken out, all this thing is at the what? The stage of debut. So, even true perfection or, or knowledge in God is not about your oratory abilities, what I even spoke about earlier. It is not about how you can teach, it's not about how you can explain, it's not about how you can prophesy, it's not about how you can, you can, you can heal and do all those things. It's amazing. One of the greatest men in history that passed away, Billy Graham. He had a very, very simple ministry. He never preached any strange message. His message has always been one. Preaching salvation and love to the masses. He never had any strange message. He never did miracle service. He never did. I mean... He never spoke in tongues like how we know maybe he spoke in silence or he never like he never did any any of the things that we do which are signs and marks of spirituality but he was a great example of God's love hallelujah and I believe so strongly in the realms of the spirit even as seen by many other people that his ministry was very relevant in this generation. This ministry was very, very relevant in this generation. Because he did not seek his own. He was never pumped up. Who could move thousands and hundreds of thousands, influence millions of people, even recognized by the state, as very influential all over the world? Just one message. In our days, people don't take care of the church members will tell you that, oh, so your message, the message is one way. Like, we need, we need something fresh in the system. Hey! We, 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 we want to hear the deep things of the Spirit. Deep call it. Deep call it onto deep. Hey! Oh, the pastor is too shallow. It looks like the pastor is not growing. The, the, the message has been one way through other. It's just the changing of the topic set. Hey! You know what is happening? You are knowing more than the Lord Jesus. You know Jesus' message was one. But he changed it. He used different words. This one message. Even up to now, we still don't understand the extent of the message. Even up to now, I tell you, he preached one message. What you can, you can generally tell me about the kingdom. Do I study all the parables? You understand? And even up to now, we still do not understand. Isn't there parables to the men of God? Then they will understand, maybe. Up there. So we all mistake. 
lost coin. Lost coin. So he meant this one lost coin. And lost sheep. And he goes around looking for the lost sheep. And his friends are there. And he went beyond bring everybody. There's enough food. There's enough meat. You walk, you meet people who come and work for me. You meet a partner who set up who come and work for me. And that's it up who come and work for me. Then same reward. Mm. It was just about the kingdom. Even up to now, we, we've still missed it. Even the men about that thing they know. We've still missed it. Even maybe, maybe I've missed it. I'm just trying to use words. People followed him. They listened to him. They were following. They were saying, Master, teach these things. Because of all the motivation was to stay. I mean, Jesus will provide food. That is the way to the heart of men. They follow to eat. Just do three days revival, pushing. After that, there will be refreshment by the miracle of the Spirit. These were same people complaining in their hearts that the message is one way. The message is one way. Then Jesus said, One day, let me teach. Let me go deeper. It's still the same message. He said, Now you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Say, <laughs> Hey, this man, what is he teaching? He's teaching occultic spirituality cannibalism. <laughs> now, even his fellow, this thing, his fellow church elders and church pastors, they were all confused. They're very loyal, all the people left. And they're very loyal, loyal, loyal people also left. Now, they're very loyal, loyal, loyal. People want to be like them. Will you also go? You said I should teach deep things. Even the deep thing is still the one, that same one message. Was teaching life. This cup of blessing. This is my party that is broken for you and for the many others. As often as you shall do this, you do this in remembrance of me. center of all things. He must be the core in our memory. Like everything that we should do should surround that thing. Like, like you should know that it is leading to that thing, the remembrance of Jesus. When we forget it, when we forget this core thing, that's when all our works becomes nothing. Do you know why? Because this way now, you see that you saw me naked. I was hungry. I was thirsty. You bypassed me. I was feeling cold. You didn't cover me with blanket. You didn't do any of those things for me. 
what was he teaching? Love is not selfish. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, all these things that you saw surrounding that you didn't imagine, you were just being selfish. So the heart check is very, very important. Because that's the lens is through which all things will be measured. He said that when you grow up, we took him in all things. And he spoke about the dimensions of God's love. And he said that, and to know the love of God that passes knowledge. Hallelujah. So if there be knowledge, they shall fail. So there is a certain dimension of knowledge which is the love of God, which passes all knowledge, which is actually the revelation of the Lord Jesus. In the books, I mean, look at the end of all things, the peak. Is that the revelation of the Lord Jesus? And in that end of all things, Christ must be revealed. From the beginning of all things, He was revealed. And in the end of all things, He must be revealed. Are we here with me? Are you here with me? Hallelujah. So, in your life, in your life, one of the ways for us to keep on moving in life is not to be selfish. One of the ways to keep on moving and having better improved lives and marriages is to understand submission to one another. I'm not going to say that woman submit to the man or, or man love your husband and all that. Yes, all these things are there. But I'm telling you that if you can operate from that angle, if you can also operate from that angle, many of the issues will easily be resolved. I'm not saying there will, there will be issues that will misunderstand it, but from a standpoint of love. I think sometimes we know there was an advent, so let us agree. Let us agree to exactly or something like that. Are you here with me? So no need, no need to have misunderstandings. Like no need to like create a whole issue out of this. Love forgives. I mean, some of you you remember, you remember like what was done in the days of your. During your divorces and relationships. <laughs> and you remember when the, you remember that day you brought it into marriage and it is becoming a problem. And now you begin to threaten. That if you do our go, if you do our leave, do our leave. You are threatening. I was okay on my own. I was okay on my own before you came. It's a serious matter. I don't need you. And because of that, sometimes, you know, people begin to secure their lives 
So you'll be there, and then one of the things that will later hurt the two is that the wife or the husband will be doing the project, and the and the and the husband or the wife has no idea about it. Because you see, the, the wife was preparing that hey, this thing, the way I'm seeing it, things might might go some way. So let me what also save myself. So everybody will become selfish in the in the marriage. Everybody will become selfish. So marriage is supposed to be one. But then we are all divided. Even if the man has great ideas, or the woman has very good ideas, sometimes pride in our hearts. You know, that is not love. It is what? It's like you still want, you don't want to improve. You don't want to develop. God knows that maybe your husband or your wife's contribution to your life is what will change your life. You know, no, no union, no intention. Like the intention of every union is not to destroy. Like it is to become stronger. Yeah. Is that the people is one? Okay. In the Bible, we can search one accord. You look at it, or search one accord, search unity, whether in the bad direction or in the negative direction, hey, in the good direction or the uh, the bad direction. You see that there's so much strength in unity. You begin to push in yourself. You push in yourself from the harshness of the weather. Hallelujah. Mm. Amen. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about like everything. You see? So that understanding, like, it shouldn't be about you. It shouldn't be about him. It should be about us. And it should be about we becoming a good example, just as Jesus said we should be. The Lord Jesus prayer, one of his prayer, that he prayed. One of God just spoke about it. He said one of the prayers that Jesus he said that they may be one, just as we are one. Jesus prayers, one prayer he prayed, and we like, we are trusting God that it is still in the process of being one. And said, that they may be one. We complement each other's abilities. Sometimes someone might be a very good administrator. You might be a very good, how do I call it? Maybe wealth attractor. You're able to attract the wealth. But your wife is the one that will be able to manage the thing. Do you get it? Somebody said rightly, I think, that women are better managers. Father, you think that they are a little bit afraid, but they are trying to apportion things to like, that's how they are, they are trying to program so that things will, will be better. You get it. And you, you feel oh anytime at all I can I can just fish up like the money will come. The money will come so you don't know where you that. Then the wife will be getting annoying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Which is not supposed to become a problem. So that's when you hear the funny, funny things that people like, which create very serious problems in my Like it, it's funny. Sometimes later when they go through the process, then they later sit down. When you ask what is the genesis of the book, they can't pinpoint anything. 
the later they are, they are afraid to tell you the genesis of the problem because before men it is irrelevant like how can this be an issue hands check little 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 things you know the wife says that oh stay at home the wife is shielding you from harm. He said, oh, you don't want me to have my freedom. <laughs> Let me have my freedom. Okay, you can also go out. Let's do this together. No, I won't do it. So what kind of, what kind of, what kind of union is it? Like, you only just agree to... Uh, Make yourself warm in bed. You don't just like you don't join your minds together. You don't join your hearts together. Everything is about oh, it's just about me, 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 me. Hmm? Ask me, is that how God made it to be? Tell anybody about that. Don't become a stubborn spouse. Don't become a stubborn spouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's a when I was a child, I stayed as so many of you, many of the things you are doing, you think you are grown. You think you are past it. Sometimes, you know. Hmm. Anyway. Some of you think you are grown, but you are still a child. You're still a baby. Because you're not growing the things of God. Little, little, little things. Father, the women to come in very childish. Very, very, very childish. <laughs> but let's all grow up. So Jesus should be the ultimate picture in all that we do. You see, let Jesus be the picture. Ask yourself how the Lord treats this issue. How, how would the Lord handle such a case? In the book of Ephesians, Paul was trying to explain how we should even live with our spouses. Sometimes the women can be very troublesome. The church is very troublesome. The prayer that Jesus prayed that we should be one. Up to now. The church is a very stubborn life. Meanwhile, we are in the same body. And you are saying that being your compartment, let me be my compartment, we will work together. It's like the mouth will say, okay, let me taste the food. That's why I say, okay, I won't digest. <laughs> and like say that, oh, I'm not going to do anything. And we'll just be there. Nothing is working. We should know that relationship. So from that, we understand that the church can be very stubborn, can be full of spots, and the church needs constant cleansing. So we should come to that point of understanding that work must be ongoing in our lives. You you should you should strive to like 
perfect. Like become better. Become better. Let's take a little attention and worry you. Like, you know, at the workplace, you know, something that, oh, we cannot be like you. They feel that it is because of my, how do I call it? Okay, man of God is like a special, uh, a special person that is just working with us. So they cannot be like, they cannot be like you. Like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. That's supposed to be the ordinary life. Like, how we handle, it doesn't mean that you are calm, you are like, no, 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 no. It doesn't mean that you are too soft. We can exhibit our anger and all that. And my holy anger too is serious. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> if I start, you might cry. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so we are to better ourselves. Submit ourselves one to the other. Understand that, oh, this this for we to complement ourselves. So where there is weakness, you become the strength. And you should be humble enough to allow. Some of us we have become very familiar with our husbands. And uh let's say let me also use wives so they don't feel something. Yeah, we become very familiar with our with, with, our, with our husbands. So we are able to receive the blessing. Others, you don't regard your wives. You take them out of everything. So as they are there, they are having this bitterness with you. And everything, every time you'll be saying that they are nagging, they are nagging, oh, they are like that, they are like that. But maybe you have to check and correct your ways too. Hmm? Are you here with me? Yes, sir. I mentioned some things. Love is the bone of perfection. Love is the greatest Love is the most excellent way. Love is the most excellent way. Allow the love of God to dwell in you richly. Hmm? Are you here? Yes, the love of God should be the motivation for your pursuit in life, your pursuit in ministry, your goals that you have for your marriage and your future, anything associated with your life at all. The love of God should be the, the source and should be the beginning point of all things. From the beginning of your life to the end of your life. Because many of the things that we do is measured in the levels of light emanated in the realms of the spirit. And how do you know the level of light is the amount of love? What kind of love? Genuine love inspired by the Spirit of God. That's what we are talking about. What I'm teaching you, these are things that will make you shine in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Is the reason why when you see God, when you see God, they glorify for His light. And people begin to say that they feel the warmth of God's love. You know? When you see Him, you know, there's a dimension of light unrealized. Like, light and power coming from the throne. When you, you know that you like everything of you just begins to fall weak. Like you just you just fall weak. Just go down until he has lifted you by the spirit, so that you can stand 
the how do I call it, the intensity of the light. So, whatever we do, whatever we do, you know, when you were young, you were you were you heard of things that uh, when you do good, like you know, it's it's like principle of uh, life, yes, and you know that okay, somebody somebody goes and it reflects in the spirit. Yes, it has an aspect to it. It is very true. And as I said, there are different degrees of love to the ultimate, the love of God, which we are talking about. So God will bless everyone that is, I mean, some way, somehow contributing to society. I mean, blessing the life of people, changing lives without a selfish interest or with a selfish interest. I mean, once that principle is in action, which is in the creation, it's an order in creation, sowing and reaping, definitely the person will see the fruits. But let's look at the light that you're supposed to emanate in the spirit. What light are you supposed to emanate? Is the light of Christ. The marvelous light of Christ must shine in our hearts. It must shine out of our hearts. When people see you, they should, they should be overwhelmed by your love. They should be overwhelmed by your generosity. They should be overwhelmed by the God's goodness that you encounter. It's not about how much you can give. No, that is not, that is not the point. Hallelujah. Though it can be a reflection of the point I'm talking about. What I am insisting on is the consistency of the genuineness of the intention of your actions, it must be inspired by the spirit of love. The love of God is shed upon our heart by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. 13. And now abided faith, hope, love. These three. So I've explained to you that there are three things that actually uh, remain things that are eternal. Hallelujah. Amen. And love is the greatest of them all. And these are the things through which everything we measure. Everything we measure. You know, we have something we call salting. These days technology has brought up a lot of a lot of machines. So if I when we I think I saw a certain harvester that separates uh, yellow tomatoes, hey, how do you call them? Green tomatoes from the red ones. So, plenty tomatoes is going through the machine, but then it has a sensor that will be able to pick out. Like, at a very, very fast rate, it will separate all the red ones from the green ones. Wow. In the realms of the spirit, there is a particular lens of separation. It's like when, when the lens is put on in the spirit by the Lord. You know, we are all men standing before the throne. And then particular lens, you know, you know, like there are certain lenses that will help you to recognize uh, ultraviolet lights. There are some that can help you recognize infrared. I think the military people, the advanced military people use that. In the dark, where everybody, there's no light, but then you see that they have some lenses that will be okay. There's a man walking there in red, like it's 
It makes you see even in the dark. It's a particular lens. So when God wears the lens like that, it is clear that this is light, this is darkness. Even when we think we are all light, then there's separation. Separations. Separations. This is where now the congratulation message comes in. Now good and faithful one. Sin. There are many people that you can put on the same scale. Okay, you did the same amount of work, the same amount of work. On the scale, on the beam balance, it looks like you are, you are well balanced. But when the lenses are put on, this one is nothing. And this one is something. That's how I read first grade is 13. So it all appears to be something. Prophesying, teaching deep mysteries, healing the sick, raising the dead. Doing all those marvelous things. But we're trying. Some are nothing. And some are something. Basically, the same thing that Paul spoke about is the same thing that Jesus spoke about. And yet, there are different ways in them. All because of what? The source. The type. Of the intention. The consistency in the actions. The Lord bless us all. Let's be outstanding. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Upon him there's no other. Jesus is the way. All right, let's take over. Jesus is the answer for the world today. He's the lens, the lens through which we are supposed to
let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for the precious lives of your people. I thank you that strength of the Lord is released. I thank you that your power is here to touch every life present. I thank you for the goodness of your glory. I thank you that love is at work in the hearts of this man. I pray that love will be set up in its full measure in their lives. Let there be restoration to them that are weak. Lord, to them that are weak, the scripture says that you need peace and strength. We thank you for strength. We thank you for strength. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your grace.